Hey, it's your Kali. What's up? Warning, 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 warning. You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome to What's Up Radio Season 5. My name is Marimar. My name is Jerry. Hi, I'm Yohaira. And we are here with a recap of Rido Fest 2017. I am really, really excited about these recap because we were able to meet so many interesting artists and we're able to be in the press tent with a lot of different journalists and learning a lot more about how to interview people. Like, for example, Jessica Hernandez y Las Deltas. She was one of the artists performing and she was one of the most energetic people on stage. Yeah, um, also this year it was pretty interesting because um, this year was more diverse and they were pretty much from around the world. Like we have some bands from Chile, Colombia... Venezuela. Venezuela. And also, um, I, th- I believe this is the first time that Rido Fest ended with a banda de norteños, which is um, Intocable, right? Yeah, so it was the first time that someone from like Norteño Banda would be in the Rido Fest. It's usually uh, advertised as like alternativo rock, so like alternative rock. Yeah. So it was kind of like a big deal to see like a banda to yeah. perform. At the end of the day, they were. They were pretty good. I liked them. Yeah, definitely. It was one of my favorites from the whole fest. So maybe we want to go ahead and introduce a song from Jessica Hernandez. Remember, guys, you're listening to WPNLP Chicago 105.5 FM, Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Wayo Locali in Little Village. I told you nothing else could hurt you. Now I only have regret. Because I made you take what they had gave you. Now I seem to get. Why you stood there looking like you seen through everyone you've met But it seems you live without the need to ever seem to get You run too far, always only gonna come for another day Oh, another way But evil and he knows that you're only gonna run so far So far You run too far, always only gonna come for another day Oh, another way Cause evil and he knows that you're only gonna run so far All right, and we are back. So Jessica y la, uh, Hernandez y Las Deltas, I thought she was super exciting to interview because she was so energetic. And I can also really identify with her personality. For example, she's American-Cuban, um, a Mexican-American. And something that she speaks about a lot is actually bilingualism. So I think it's really interesting that in a lot of her songs, sometimes she includes words in Spanish. And it's in a way, uh, a way to keep people engaged, especially because... I feel that being Mexican-American, you kind of belong to two cultures. And for example, like I love musica in English. So I love uh, music in English. I love uh, rock, right? But then at the same time, I enjoy different bands that are in Spanish as well. Whether it be like a band in Spanish that is rock, whether it be pop, or whether it be maybe something more regional, uh, like Norteña band, for example. So I think she kind of gives like a really good example of this idea that you can be both. 
you can be both Mexican yeah. and American, or yeah. in her case, Cuban and American. Yeah, one thing I like, I was watching her perform. Um, I didn't really knew her as much when she started playing. Um, I never really heard of her, so I kind of felt bad. But uh, one thing uh, I really liked that is that the crowd knew her and they knew who she was, so it felt pretty good. Even though like these artists, they're like from around the world, like they're still recognized in like a small city like Chicago. You know, one thing I didn't know is that she was raised in Chicago, so that was pretty cool to know about her. Yeah, uh, something else that I uh, really found interesting was her style. I think that a lot of female artists, they feel in a way like forced to fit into the stereotype of yeah. being or looking a certain way. And she has a style that is really reflective of her like music as well. So I thought that it was really cool that she showed that and she was proud of that because a lot of people are kind of really shy to show like their style and to show who they really are in order to like fit a certain standard. Even like her, um, I think she was a clothing designer at some point. I think she went to school for that. Um, I believe it was Columbia College in Chicago, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and I don't know her clothing choice for that day when she performed. It was she, she was like popping out, like she was standing out out of the whole crowd. So it was really nice to see that um, from and like any other artist. Like usually, like since like Rito Fest is usually like uh, Latin rock or like alternative, they usually like wear black or like plain colors. But she was a like one of the few that was popping out besides like Bomba Stereo. Yeah, exactly. And I also think that those bright colors kind of correlate with the beats in her song. Yeah. Which yeah. was really, really cool. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, so we actually were able to interview her um, and talk a lot about issues that we care about, like education and even her sense of style. So um, we're going to go right ahead and play that clip. And remember that you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio. Especially with school funding. As a matter of fact, a lot of uh, bilingual school programs are being cut. What uh, would you say is the biggest benefit from having bilingual education in our schools? I mean, I think there's a lot of benefits. I think the one thing is, you know, a lot of people that can speak two languages, I feel like, show a lot more intelligence. You're able to learn other languages. You're able to pick things up faster. Um, I, don't think it's, I think it's important, too, to just be kind of a part of mul multiple cultures, especially in America, and be, you know, open-minded and accepting of other cultures. And I think that being bilingual is, like, an acceptance of both parts of who you are and of who other people are, I guess. Unfortunately, mm. In our Latino community, many Latinos lose their native language, whether that be Spanish or another language. And oftentimes they're left aside or seen as less Latino. What would you tell people that maybe lost their native language? I think it's never too late to tap into learning your native language if it's something that's important to you. But I think there's no reason to feel less than anything, you know, just because of something like that. I think for me, you know, I was raised speaking English. My father came from Cuba and for him it was really important that I didn't have an accent and that I, you know, was learning English and that I was speaking it properly and that was something that was important to my parents. But as I've gotten older, it's been something that for me personally, I think I did have a little bit of that identity crisis of like, okay, I'm a first generation American and I don't speak the language very well. And so, you know, it was just me starting to practice with my abuelita and then making friends in Mexico City and trying to like constantly challenge myself to, you know, relate more with my culture and also just kind of have that like self-gratification. Um, have you heard of the label Latinx? I have, yes. What do you think about the label Latinx? Um, to be honest, I don't know much about them. I've only heard of it, so I can't, 
I don't, yeah. Okay. Uh, perfect. And now, I know that your fashion sense is amazing. I admire it. What came first? Uh, you think your fashion style or your music style? I think it's all encompassing. I think, you know, for me, it's life is about being creative and being able to express yourself in any way that you can. And for me, it's, you know, writing and making music and producing music is one of those ways. And fashion is also another way. And, you know, I want, I just like want everything to be happy and fun all the time. So like, I want to be able to use music as that outlet. I want my fashion sense to be that outlet. My house is very colorful and funky, just like my fashion sense and just like the music. So I feel like I'm just trying to integrate that in every part of my life, really. What artists do you think that influence you to into the music industry? Um, a lot of artists. I mean, everyone from like you know David Bowie to MC5 to Dolly Parton to Whitney Houston. To, I mean, it's all over the place. I listen to so much different music. Finally, if your music style was an animal, which animal would it be? Ooh. An animal. I don't know, maybe a monkey. <laughs> Why do you of, say a monkey? A lot of energy, kind of like crazy all over the place, a little bit mischievous. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it's interesting that she uh, described her music sense as a monkey uh, because I definitely think that her music style was really, really energetic. Now, not only was uh, Jessica Hernandez y Las Deltas performing in Rido Fest, but also Javiera Mena. Uh, she's a Chilean artist. She's also a woman. And I honestly think it was cool that there was a bigger female representation in Rido Fest this year than the one I noticed last year, which is something that I'm really, really excited about. Both of these artists have weird sense of style or music videos. Because I was seeing the music videos for both of them, and they're both odd-looking but their music is very pop and very, I don't know, I really like their sound of music, which is very rare for me to do, is liking different genres besides the ones that I currently like, which is basically K-pop. But uh, she had a very nice tone of music, and I don't know much about her, but I, I liked one of her music videos. <laughs> yeah, that's super interesting. I also think that uh, her videos are really reflective of this certain style and aesthetic that they go for, which I think is interesting, like using music and at the same time correlating it with visual aesthetics. Yeah, so we actually also were able to interview Javiera Mena, which I also think her name is super interesting. I had never heard of someone whose name was Javiera, uh, so I also enjoyed finding that out. It was always new. You always learn something new every day. Okay, so here is the interview with Javier Amena. Una iniciativa juvenil del Museo Nacional de Artes Mexicanas y te queremos decir cómo te sientes de estar aquí en Ruido Fest. Bueno, acabo de llegar a Chicago, nos pegamos un viaje como de 16 horas de Santiago de Chile y llegamos, estamos aquí, estoy con con ganas de de sacarme el cansancio que traigo con el show que es pura adrenalina y con ganas de que ya sea el show ahí preparando, mis bailarinas están por ahí eh, ensayando, vamos a hacer un show creo que somos las únicas que somos solo mujeres en el escenario, así que darnos darle el girl power al, al ruido Javier Amena, ¿cómo, ¿cómo tú representas a Chile y cómo puedes representar a las mujeres y dar ese girl power? Sí, yo represento a la mujer chilena, al hombre también, porque todos tenemos hombre y mujer dentro de nosotros, yo creo que nadie es tan mujer ni nadie es tan hombre, pero represento a, lo, a los y las chilenas y en el sentido de que mi música, a pesar de que bebe de la electrónica y la electrónica es más relacionado con lo anglo, con los Estados Unidos, creo que la lectura que hemos hecho los latinos de la electrónica es algo natural, porque tenemos los sintetizadores y tenemos ganas de hacer música y en mi caso creo que mi forma de hablar, mi lírica, 
música, los lugares donde yo apunto, los lugares donde yo eh, resumo la historia son Chile, son la cordillera, son eh, los lagos del sur, así que ahí estoy hablando de, de, de donde yo crecí, de mis raíces y está muy presente en mi música. Sí. ¿Y qué mensaje les puedes dar a las mujeres, en especial en los Estados Unidos, con esta nueva administración? ¿La de Donald Trump? Bueno, que esperen, yo creo que el poder siempre está rodeado de, de cosas que ni siquiera sabemos qué pasa. Y no es la primera vez que les va a pasar algo así, están viviendo en la primera potencia mundial y van a estar rodeados siempre de guerras, de, de, de mucha oscuridad, pero a la vez también hay una cosa increíble que se respira aquí en el ambiente. Entonces, es parte de ello, creo, y aceptación nomás, a, a saber dónde están metidos. Así. Desde el 2001 hasta el 2017, ¿cómo crees que Javier Amena ha evolucionado? Bueno, yo creo que he aprendido más de cómo hacer canciones, de también esa cosa espontánea de cuando partes también es muy bonita, pero he aprendido a poner los pies en la tierra, a, a también ser una empresaria de la música. Creo que he evolucionado musicalmente también en, en tener más en claro de poder llevar mi idea a, a un estudio. Y eso ha sido muy bueno porque al principio solamente se quedaban las ideas y me costaba más comunicarme y ahora ya mis manos y la computadora pueden eh, llevar a a cabo todas mis ideas y eso ha sido una evolución del tiempo, sí. Y una palabra que define a Javier Amena, ¿cuál sería? Corazón. Guys, and we are back. Remember that you're listening to What's Up, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Cali, in Little Village. Did you guys miss us? We're back for season five, and today we're talking about Arrido Fest, which is a big alternative rock festival uh, that takes place in Pilsen. Yeah, guys, so that was Otra Era by Javier Amena. Um, so stay tuned. Throughout the interviews that we're going to show you guys that we did, we're also going to play some other music, so stick around. Yeah, I think it's really cool that uh, to listen to some of the artists because even though sometimes we don't know them right away, we might know some of the songs. Now, the song you listened to was by Javier Amena, and she's from Chile. And another artist that was performing from Chile is Jepe. Jepe is from Santiago de Chile. And I think that's really important to mention because he did feel that Chile in general also gave him or gave a special touch to his music. It inspired him. And it's interesting to see how culture can inspire a art practice as well. Yeah, um, uh, there's many artists that uh, they go back to their roots like from their parents or even their own heritage and they base their music off that. So it's pretty nice that uh, majority of the artists that we, we saw at Rio Fest, they were pretty uh, open about where they're from and all that. 
Yeah, and they were really proud of their roots, which I think is really cool, especially for youth to see that you can always remember where you come from. So we got to interview Jepe, and we can go right ahead. What did you think about uh, Jepe, Yahaira? I know that he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. He was wearing a forest green shirt, and it matched his eyes completely. It was as if he colored matched it. I mean, it wasn't paying attention to his eyes. I think that, I think eyes, that was the whole deal about it. Like, he was trying to, like show everyone like oh i have like my eyes and then the shirt yeah or maybe he was trying to mute them by like camouflaging his yeah. eyes and his <laughs> i mean features. he has all the right to do that yeah definitely <laughs> yeah i think he was one of the artists that really stood out he was also really really tall i mean i'm five feet so everyone seems really really tall <laughs> but he was definitely super tall yeah which was really interesting so let's hear the interview with hepe si tú pudieras escribir tu estilo musical uh -huh. con un platillo, ¿qué platillo fuera? Yo creo que podría ser una especie de charquicán, charquicán, una especie de mezcla de calabaza con, pote, con papa, con un poco de choclo, que es maíz, <ríe> con arveja, una mezcla yo diría, pero con, con elementos súper esenciales, como con cuatro o tres, pero mezclados, ¿cachai? cultural chileno que inspira tu música? Yo vivo justamente en el centro de Santiago, al lado del río Mapocho. Yo creo que ahí hay algo, hay una vía que se, hay una ciudad grande que se construye en relación a un río. Yo creo que ahí hay algo, hay bastante de, de, de lo que pasa a un lado del río, lo que pasa a los otro lado del río. Yo creo que por ahí va la cosa, sí. Aparte que la sociedad santeguina o chilena en este caso va, ha ido cambiando harto, entonces como que hay un factor humano que es muy importante ahora. ¿Qué consejo tú crees que fue el más importante en tu juventud? Yo creo que como hay un consejo que nos damos, yo creo que en todo en general en la, en, la, en la generación a la que pertenezco, que es como que no hay nada que perder si decís música. O sea, si quieras tú, hacer el, el, quieras tú desarrollar la idea musical que, que tengas que hacer o quieras hacerlo, no hay nada que perder, o sea, los riesgos no, son cero, ¿cachai? Yo creo que es algo que se mantiene inclusive hasta el día de hoy. A los jóvenes de Chicago, recordarles que yo soy jefe, músico chileno, de Santiago de Chile, estuve acá tocando el viernes, ayer. Yeah. Listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali, and Little Village. And we are talking about Rito Fest and the previous, what was the previous one? 
Yeah, so <laughs> right now you just you guys were listening to Por la Ventana by Hepe. So it was uh, we really like him. I don't know if you wanted to talk about a little bit more about Hepe, Yahida. There's not much I know about him besides the fact that his music kind of reminds me of um, kind of a mainstream song and yeah. a telenovela opening. Yeah, were you able to see him perform? By any chance? No, I wasn't. I heard him in the background. Oh, I, was, okay. I was with Diego and I was like, who is that? Because I like the music. And he's all like, oh, that's happening. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I was, I was able to see him and it was pretty crazy. Um, it was pretty packed for his performance. There was a lot of girls, so I can say that they were pretty big fans of him. Yeah, but for him, um, it was pretty packed. I was surprised because I believe Hepi was performing with uh, when another artist was performing, but I don't know which one was the other one. But it was mainly packed for Hepe, so it was pretty cool to see that I was able to, like, you know, get to see him, even though um, I didn't know, like, his was going to get really that packed. But um, his performance was really well. I liked it. It's really nice and soothing. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think it's cool that Javier Amena and Hepe are both from Chile, and they were yeah. supporting each other. Hepe did uh, perform a song next to Javier Amena, which was really cool, because Hepe performed on Friday, but he came back on Saturday to go ahead and support Javier Amena and play a song with her. So I thought that kind of like partnership and friendship among people from Chile was really amazing to see on stage. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really nice to see uh, artists supporting each other, especially like at a festival like this. Yeah, and also, guys, don't forget that we have a chat so feel free to let us know which one is your favorite song or which one was your favorite artist so far and you can go ahead and access this chat through the lumpen radio website now more from the recap is that we also got to interview acido pantera so acido pantera is this uh two friends they met making music one of them was actually in college he was studying law and he decided to leave that to pursue this career in law they're both very young they're colombian and in their practice and their art practice in their music it's kind of a fusion of a lot of things and they kind of talk a little bit about what that fusion means to them so we have an interview with them so we can go right ahead and hear it this is a youth initiative so this is an initiative juvenil del museo nacional de arte mexicana primero que nada si su estilo de música fuera un platillo un platillo tradicional colombiano qué platillo sería uy yo yo creo que sería un sancocho sí sí un sancocho básicamente el sancocho en Colombia es una sopa a la cual le echan lo que haya en la región de la cual salga entonces nosotros cuando cuando hacemos música cogemos eh, el computador y empezamos a meter todos los ingredientes de lo que tengamos a la mano de percusiones colombianas de sintetizadores ácidos de beats electrónicos y así nace el ácido Increíble. Ahora, ¿ustedes siempre han sido amigos? ¿Alguna vez han tenido un conflicto? Esta mañana él no hizo el desayuno y eso en verdad me mareó mucho porque quedamos en mentira. El punto no es ese. No, nunca. Yo creo que nunca hemos tenido nada. Siempre nos hemos llevado muy en la buena. Nos conocimos además tocando. Sí. Entonces fue como un feeling también que salió no desde la amistad para un grupo, sino más como desde la misma escena musical. Y bueno, ahí nos ha ido bien, pienso yo. Sí, la verdad. So, mucha de nuestra audiencia son jóvenes y muchos están todavía tratando de saber qué es lo que quieren hacer en la vida. ¿Ustedes a qué edad supieron que lo quería, querían hacer música? Claro. Uy, la verdad, a mí me gustaba, es que a mí me empezó a gustar mucho la música justo con una banda que va a tocar hoy que se llama Molotov. Y yo escuchaba, yo escuchaba sus álbumes y decía que lo máximo yo quiero hacer música, como no puedo hacer música. Después empecé a estudiar y a, y a poner música, sobre todo así nos conocimos Diego y yo, siendo DJs en un par de discotecas colombianas. Y siendo DJs, siendo productores, estudiando producción, dijimos, venga, hagamos algo nuestro, vamos a hacerlo nuestro, a ver qué onda. 
y acá estamos. Yo empecé a estudiar curiosamente ciencia política y derecho. Y me gustaba mucho, me gustaba mucho, pero realmente lo que más me gustaba hacer en la vida era la música. Tomé la decisión, fue complicado en mi casa, pero, pero bueno, lo importante es que lo que escojas lo hagas bien y que le metas todo el tiempo. Y tener una banda a veces es difícil porque uno no ve, digamos, que los resultados tan fáciles, tan, tan pronto. Pero, pero cuando uno le mete tiempo y se dedica a algo, creo que le va bien. Y eso hemos hecho con Ácido Pantera y acá estamos en Chicago. ¿Y qué hay en el futuro para Ácido Pantera? ¿Algunos proyectos que tengan en mente? Bueno, en este momento estamos lanzando una canción, los invitamos a escucharla de sobremanera, se llama Colombia Candela. Colombia Candela en Spotify, en iTunes, en Deezer, en todas las plataformas. Ahí está, escúchenla, vamos a rodar video ahorita llegando a Colombia, vamos a hacer una gira por Colombia que no hemos tocado en nuestra patria casi, solo hemos hecho un concierto en Colombia. Entonces hay que tocar más, hay que llevarlo a más ciudades y seguir tocando y volver acá a Chicago, ustedes nos van a ayudar. Y finalmente, desde que han llegado a Chicago, ¿cuál es su parte favorita de la ciudad? Uy, un restaurante de perros Jinsen calientes. Jinsen Jut se llama. Uy, esto fue publicidad. Pero no fue pagada. No <risa> Pero grandes perros con dos salchichas y papas y de todo. Muy rico. Este festival Ruido Fest, que todas las bandas están tremendas. Hemos conocido muchísima gente. No, esta, esta ciudad tiene una magia interesante, muy divertida. Y nada, estamos muy contentos de estar acá, de verdad que sí. Muchas gracias, muchachos. A ustedes, muchas gracias. Es buena música la que te traje. Yeah, and that was Acido Pantera, and that song was called Colombia Candela, and that is one of their new songs. So Acido Pantera, some of the things that they spoke about was things that inspire them to become or start in the music business. And one of the artists was mentioning his biggest inspiration. Oh, uh, Juan, his one of his biggest inspirations is kind of funny too. Um, it was Molotov, and crazy enough, Molotov was there for, um, I believe, Saturday, right? 
Yeah. And they closed on Saturday. Yeah. And I think it was really interesting to see also this dynamic duel. They spoke about like uh, being friends and at the same time being in this professional atmosphere and learning how to kind of resolve conflicts. So like one of them were say- was saying is that they kind of set aside friendship and business. They kind of divide that. Yeah. Now, h- how would you react having to spend so much time with your best friend or with your friend almost every day? Do you think you guys would have argument? Personally, I mean, no. But um, when it comes to like uh, separating like your friends and or like your friend and then having a business side of it, I think it's a good thing to separate because um, it's two different worlds. Like one thing, you know them for a long time and another one is like you're working to make a living, you know. So it's uh, one thing to pretty much work out with and try to talk about it because you guys don't want like your friendship to get ruined over by over some business plans or like a project that you guys are working on. They're a very hyped group. Like their music is just full with a whole bunch of sound and (laughs) I really liked it. But it sounds like some type of music that my parents will probably listen to and force me to to listen in the car. But them themselves are also very hyped people. They seem so happy and energetic. Yeah, they do. Um, I, I, I wasn't able to see them, but um, uh, I was able to uh, listen to them like in the background. But they seem like pretty psychedelic, if you ask me. Um, they're also electronic. Yeah, and they're also super down to earth. Uh, I got, well, in the interview, they were super humble and super understanding as well. And they were super upbeat as well. So it was really cool to see that energy, especially people that are so young starting in a business. I think that today, like young artists are seen as sometimes not as good as the older artists because they maybe don't have as much experience. Yeah. But I feel that Acido Pantera, along with another band that also performed in Rido Fest called Wet Bay, I think they prove that it doesn't really matter how old you are. You can start uh, practicing whatever art or whatever you would like to do and still be good at it, even if you're 20 or younger even. And speaking about age, our young Jerry turned 21 yesterday. So yay, Jerry. He's officially 21. So we would like to mention that. (laughs) It's awesome speaking about young people doing what they like to do. Um, And... Also, web base. So, Yahaira, do you Mm want to say anything about web base? What did you think about them? Even though it's their most popular song, Midnight Calling is really, really good. I love it. And the fact that they do more of 80s sound, despite being 20, just makes it even more interesting. Because he obviously had to do a lot of research about that. And Actually, didn't he say he... He, he was raised listening to that type of sound or something? Yeah, so he uh, is a very young artist from Mexico. And he was talking about how he felt like the 80s was where everything popped. There was like an explosion in sound, in aesthetics. So he kind of applies that to his art. And most of his art has all this 80s music, which I think is really interesting. It's kind of like he's a very young artist in this field. But at the same time, he's a really old soul in the <laughs> manner that he chooses the beats yeah. that he incorporates incorporates in his music yeah one thing i really liked about the young artists like uh wet bass and i said is that um they have so much energy and they just like to project it like you mentioned like even with just like in interviews or them performing they like to have fun you know they like to be known out there like oh we still have time like although they started young i mean they're starting off good that means they still have more projects and more music to come out so it's good to see them like there's young artists and they're here to stay for like another 20 30 years you know 
Yeah, and I think it's really cool that people start off young because it feels like it's so much fun. They don't necessarily see it like work or yeah. like something boring. And you can see that translate in their performance. They're like jumping, they're happy, they're upbeat, they incorporate the audience. And I think that's really interesting because not to say that older artists are not super cool as well, but I feel that sometimes they see their art more in a serious manner and they forget to like have fun. But that's also my point of view from being so young as well. I think that's a good point, actually. What I was thinking is that older artists kind of stick to what got them there. And they don't, sometimes they don't really experiment, but younger people are trying to learn more on the style and trying to experiment and see what they like and what they dislike. So it does kind of separate the old and, and the young. Yeah, definitely. So we got to interview Wet Bass. Uh, Jenny was the, uh, able to interview them. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to play an interview by them along with one of their songs with Yahida mentioned, which is Midnight Caller. Uh, so I definitely advise you guys to see if you guys hear those 80 beats incorporated there. And remember to let us know which one is your favorite artist so far uh, from Ruido Fest. Electric Light Orchestra, 
eh, Pink Floyd, los Beatles y también pues cosas actuales de Justice, eh, Phoenix, eh, cosas de eh, bandas nuevas, eh, productores nuevos. No, no, no me gusta cerrarme a, a escuchar como nada más algo, sino eh, me gusta que eh, pues sabes seguir descubriendo música de, de, de aquellas décadas porque pues, eh, hay muchísima que no conocemos y también eh, encontrar productores que pues, sigan la misma vibe que yo tengo. And we are back and I just wanted to mention that in the chat we have gotten some activity from Chikanglo. Sorry if I mispronounced that. So she's telling us or he is telling us that uh, they really enjoy Molotov, Javier Amena, Mon Laferte, uh, Bomba Stereo, Intocable and they also caught DJ El Dosti. So that was like some of the artists that they mentioned that they really, really enjoy, which is super cool. I personally uh, really enjoyed Intocable. It was one of the very few bands that um, I was able to see and not just hear in the background. And I think it was amazing. Like, I grew up listening to Intocable, and it's really awesome to kind of see them play and perform live, especially because uh, I feel that when I was younger, there was more of a stigma associated with young people listening to music in Spanish. I felt like people in school sometimes called me like weird or different because I wasn't listening to like T-Pain or to like yeah. music in English or I didn't know what was like new or the top 40 songs. Yeah, same thing for me. Uh, my family, they even like my older sister, she, they listen to like uh, Spanish music. But I was uh, I grew up with like uh, English music. So that's I was pretty much able to learn English. But uh, majority of my family, they they like Intocable and like um, Los Tigres and Norton, like like Mexican music like that. But um, seeing them live, I was like, I've never seen them live, so this is like my first time seeing them live too. So it was um, pretty cool to see them like oh something that my parents and my sister liked when I was younger, and I would I would listen to them like when they'll play in the radio or something like that. But um, it was like it was kind of like a childhood moment, like seeing them as well. But um, there was other bands that I really liked. There was um, I wasn't able to see Mon Laferte, but they, they came last year, and I did see her last year, but not this year. So I was like, I saw her last year, so I can I believe I can skip on her probably. But um, another other bands that we uh, that I got into was um, Victimas, um, Molotov. Uh, I was not able to see them, but I was able to see uh, Bomba Serio. Bomba Serio was pretty uh, upbeat. I really liked them. Um, there was like two songs that uh, she played, and I didn't know it was her. But when she started playing, I was like, oh, I know this song from somewhere. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So, guys, we are back. And I just want to remind you guys that we've been having a little bit of technical difficulties. <laughs> Technology, you know. <laughs> they say it's going to take over us, but Skynet, not really. They can was, have Tell me why I was watching Terminator. I forgot which one. It was the most recent one where they bring back Arnold and Skynet, guys. I believe it's out there. Jesus, I never watched Terminator, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, they're good. Terminator I didn't watch too. Terminator either. You never watched no. it. Oh my god! <laughs> it doesn't seem like something I'll be into. Like I, I acknowledge that it's popular and it's, it's probably like really, really good. But it's just I'm not into that type of stuff. It's, it's kind of. I'm just telling you that it's out there. <laughs> okay, guys. So we apologize for our technical difficulties. So here is the interview with Wet Base again. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Hola, hola. Uh, mi pregunta es, este, ¿qué mensaje le darías a la juventud que 
Pues que realmente hagan primeramente lo que, lo que ellos quieran y lo que, lo, que, y lo que realmente sientan. Creo que el, de ahí es donde tiene que partir verdaderamente la música. De, de primero algo que a ti te guste y primero algo que, que a, a ti te haga sentir y a ti te haga sentir bien. Y pues que, que realmente no, no, no se sientan limitados por nada. Hoy, hoy gracias a la tecnología, internet, etc. Eh, ya no hay, yo, yo no encuentro ninguna barrera y si yo no la he tenido, pues nadie más. O sea, creo que todo el mundo puede hacer algo y sí, con con un poco de, pues sabes, ganas y pues corazón, que, que pues, eso, que realmente nunca, nunca, no, no, o sea, nunca se sientan oprimidos. ¿Qué te gustaría hacer un dúo, cantar, una cisa y otra pregunta, ¿por qué el hombre Webbase? Ok, ¿con quién me gustaría hacer un dúo? Pues, si la pregunta es así libre, con quien sea, pues, creo que con, con, con un productor que se llama Blood Orange, de Nueva York que es, 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 ha influenciado directamente mi música y creo que su, su, su concepto y su música de verdad es algo muy interesante y entonces siempre he sentido que nuestras dos cabezas podrían hacer algo interesante ah el nombre de web es pues eh, es, es una alusión a las o sea, cuando mi, mi proyecto empezó eh, era realmente influenciado por los ochentas y pues también cuando, cuando, cuando empecé el proyecto yo tenía una banda antes, entonces como que no, no, no le daba mucho interés y quería pues realmente elegir un nombre fácil, bueno no fácil, pero que sabes que hubiera un... un o sea, que, tampoco, que tampoco fuera muy fofo o bobo, pero que tampoco fuera tan eh, eh, pues, clavado. Y creo que Wetbase Base porque pues, cuando yo me clavé mucho en esta época y de ver videos, etcétera, me daba cuenta que pues, eh, o sea, las groupies más allá de, 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 de que se gritaban, etcétera, realmente... Eh, a esa música la mojaban de todas formas, o sea, sudando, bailando, eh, llorando, porque, ¿sabes? O sea, entonces es, va, va por ahí, como que wet bass, porque, pues, por la entrega, porque también eran, eran gente que le regresaba mucha vibra a los artistas, demasiada. Entonces, pues, por eso. ¿Y quiénes son esos artistas que van a hacer influencias musicales? Eh, pues son, son bastantes, eh, puede ir desde Michael Jackson hasta Supertramp, Electric Light Orchestra, eh, Pink Floyd, Los Beatles y también pues cosas actuales de Justice, eh, Phoenix, eh, eh, cosas de eh, bandas nuevas, eh, productores nuevos. No, no, no me gusta cerrarme a, a escuchar como nada más algo, sino eh, me gusta que eh, pues sabes seguir descubriendo música de, 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 de aquellas décadas porque pues, eh, hay muchísima que no conocemos y también eh, encontrar productores que pues, sigan la misma vibe que yo tengo.
You are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lupin Radio broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali and Little Village. And we're just starting the second hour of Season 5's uh, What's Up and our special of Rito Fest. Yes, guys, remember you are here with Marimar. Um, Jerry. And we are with... I'll give myself a nickname. Give yourself a nickname? <laughs> um, um, um... Uh, I don't think I'll ever give myself a nickname. I already, I mean, Jerry is my nickname. Already. My so name Jerry is based is on a novela. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I can't escape Wait, there's a that. novela? Yeah, there's a novela. You see, you haven't watched that. So you can't judge me for not watching The Terminator. <laughs> but that's different. <laughs> Ter- Terminator has been here longer than probably the novela. So What? The novela has came out in 1996. Shout out. Terminator, I don't know. Probably like 95. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but um, I was gonna comment on um, the web bass. They sound pretty much like synthwave. I didn't really knew. Like you guys said, eighty stuff. It sounds like synthwave. Or uh, there's a genre on YouTube that is really famous. Um, it's called vaporwave. It sounds like pretty like nostalgic and like pretty like groovy kind of. But um, yeah, they're pretty good web bass. Yeah, definitely. I really enjoy it as well. It's something that. Uh, I started listening ever since I heard him for the first time because it, it's really chill. Um, it's kind of like music to like l- like sit back and maybe just enjoy, which I think is really cool because a lot of music that I listen to personally is music to dance to. So it's nice to see something that is more like chill. Yeah, and like where you could just like sit down and mm-hmm. enjoy the music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But talking more about Rito Fest, there was a lot of things that happened. I really enjoy the community involvement that it had because I think that's important. We saw a lot of um, different organizations being there and kind of presenting what they do in the community. And I think that's interesting because a lot of the times we don't know about these places yeah. until like we go to this music festival and we see them and they tell us a little bit about what they do. So it's interesting because sometimes we talk about change not being done, but you go there just to maybe just to listen to music, yeah. but you see all the great things that people are doing in the community. Yeah, uh, one thing, um, this is kind of off topic, but one thing that I usually, like another reason why I go to festivals like these is like for the food. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, Something that I really, really enjoyed is because you're outside for so long. There was this uh, tent and they were selling waters and it was like a liter of water and it was like freshly made. My favorite one was Limoni Chia, which we were debating whether or not like Chia it was like from the plant. Uh, yeah, chi 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 chi. Yeah. Do you guys remember that commercial? That would be interesting to really know if it's the same exact seed. But chia is kind of like the seed. It's really high in protein, and it tastes so good. I love it. I've never tried that one. I only tried the tamarindo one. Uh, I usually like whenever I go to restaurants, I get like horchata, but like I already know where to get it from because I like horchata. I don't like chia seeds. Like they. They don't, do they have a flavor? I've never tried them, so I don't know. They don't seem like they have no. a flavor. They're just there, and they annoy me. <laughs> do you like tapioca, like, on your smoothies? No. Mm. I've never had that, so I don't no? know. It's no. like the squishy little balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had those. Those are good. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, well, like, chia's kind of similar. It doesn't necessarily have a taste, but it has, like, a cool texture. I enjoy chia. It's supposed to be really good for you, too. <laughs> um, but I think the waters were really, really interesting. Yeah. Also, the cuisine. Uh, a lot of the times, um, well, there was tacos. And then there's all these other kind of had, cool uh, food. I think they had tortas agadas. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, tortas ahogadas. And that's something that is sometimes you don't find in restaurants. They don't yeah. really make them that much. They have your typical, like, typical, like, um, tacos, tortas. Yeah. And there you kind of see a lot more, like, yeah. almost, I feel like the Efe Mexico street food, which yeah. is really, really interesting and really cool put together. So I really enjoy the food. But I don't enjoy drinking so much water because then there's a line to the bathroom. So yeah. that's what I dislike about music festivals. <laughs> but um, the food is a plus. Yeah. Um, any I, other things that you like, Jahida? I didn't even explore that much. I didn't. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Skynet, <laughs> guys. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. We're back in the day. This is like a phone with an actual, like an actual handle. That's yeah, so weird. Like I got 90s. a heart attack. <laughs> that really scared me but i didn't try any of the food there or uh any of the waters you guys were talking about i went out and got mcdonald's because i'm cheap and i had no money that is true something that i don't enjoy is the fact that it's always cash only it's like it's really annoying because i'm really bad at losing well i'm really good i guess at losing things yeah <laughs> and so i don't like to carry cash because i'll just like lose it in my bag or whatever and i hate that it's always like cash only and then yeah there's atms but they look a little suspicious i don't know i don't really trust many atms i think they, they charge like for every withdrawal they charge like three or four dollars but even then it's like come on yeah, and then it's like three or four dollars. That's an agua fresca right there, you know. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to pay that. Um. So that's another thing that I wish like all the stands would have the little square where you can kind of use your credit card, uh, or debit I, card. I, I feel like it would have been faster for like lines, like for the restaurants that are going to music festivals. It would be faster if they had the square because like you just swipe your card and that's it. You don't need to like oh count the change and all that, you know. Yeah, and also. Like, the people working with the food wouldn't have to handle the money because money is dirty. Yeah. And I think um, it'd be nice, like, if they had the square that they wouldn't have to handle the actual money or, like, coins and stuff. Because, you know, that would be me. That would be me going up to the stand with, like, quarters and trying to count really fast. So, that's, I guess that's not so much of a plus in, like, music festivals in general. But the money gives you good food. So, yay. Something else that was really controversial, I don't know if you guys saw, it, was the Home Depot tent. Oh, I was absent on, on Saturday. It happened on Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah, I was absent. But from what I heard was that um, I feel, I believe Home Depot was building like a wall for like kind of like an art project to uh, build like building communities together or something like that. And so they started building this wall out of like tiles, like tiles that you could put up in like your floors or like in your bathrooms. But um they had the option where like you could have a tile and then you could paint over it like you could put like oh read the fest 2017 or something like that you know and then i guess certain protesters or attendees from the festival they noticed that I believe the co-founder of home depot yeah the co-founder yeah the co-founder of home depot he's a trump supporter and it was really it was pretty controversial because it's a latin alternative music festival and majority of the population that go to this festival are uh latin or yeah, they're Latino descent, whether yeah. Colombian, Venezolano. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's interesting because, yeah, the co-founder uh, is a Trump supporter. But there's also been, like, statements where Home Depot goes out and it's like, hey, no, like, we don't, like, like his ideas don't represent us as an, as yeah. an institution. But at the same time, like, thinking about that activity, I wonder what, like, 
what they go through to like build like to come up with these ideas because they were talking a lot about building community and i just think it's weird that they thought about building community with a wall like being home depot i would have expected like a lot of plants like i would have loved to see home depot like where you could like plant something like a flower and carry yeah. it with you or even like a like a making uh floral crowns that would have been so fun as well so i wonder the person working I, i'm in gonna community- stop you for a second because yeah. uh I, I saw this earlier well earlier on that day but uh, apparently it was like there was a contest at the home depot and they gave out a thousand dollars for i i guess for building a really nice wall <laughs> So, I, I'd never heard of the. Like, it's on uh, the Riddle Fest uh, Instagram, and it says right here, um, "Yeah, enjoy your one thousand dollars to Home Depot. Uh, congratulations to the winner of our super contest building." Just wanted to point that out. <laughs> oh, okay. That's yeah. That's kind of like crazy. Like um, yeah, it was really really controversial. It made national news, uh, especially because on Saturday they were there Friday and Saturday. But on Saturday, people kind of made, like, a connection between the wall that they were building and the beliefs of the co-founder of Home Depot. And so they took the wall down. They um, used spray paint to spray paint over the the tiles that people had worked on. And then they took down the tiles. And it was interesting because I felt most of the people in the Home Depot tent, they were, like, kind of, like, on the side. But there was that one person from the home depot that was like no 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 please don't do this um so on sunday they didn't show up along with other organizations that decided to not show up in order to take a stand so i think that was really interesting how that would happen that happened and it was also a little awkward yeah um i wonder how the organizers from breathe fest felt about it and what's gonna happen next year yeah, um, one, like even with this topic, like how I came up with uh, Home Depot doing that, there's a lot of people that were saying, oh, um, like them being there does not represent like their political views and all that. But then if you really think about it, there are other like, how do I say it? Companies? Like, yeah, other companies that uh, have like their founders or co-founders that support Trump, but people still use them like Uber was one of them. Yeah, it's almost impossible to avoid these. Like Uber, I know that people were protesting and so they downloaded Lyft. So yeah. that was a big thing. But then there's these other like companies where he has money or where people like like support him. It's almost like hard to really know which company like approves of. It's almost like you have to research every single company, which I yeah. think it's really really hard to do and it also kind of sucks because uh in a way that someone that was in business got into politics yeah because it interferes a lot yeah one thing to keep in mind is that sometimes like yeah these companies have like their founders or co-founders that support like another party but sometimes like their employees they're not they're just working for their you know to make a living but they're not they don't do it for like political reasons so that's something to keep in mind i guess yeah because i as i was uh looking at everything go down i was thinking in my head like hmm, maybe like someone might have done this with like like thinking in a really bad manner or with evil in their heart but then at the same time maybe the people working there they just kind of had to work that day um so i was kind of keeping that in mind i think it's a really controversial thing that yeah. happened um yeah i kind of thought it was just kind of like a joke 
something <laughs> that they were just doing to make fun of the wall building or something. It didn't seem, I guess, to my point, as much as Portman's, as long as they weren't making a statement like that. They weren't pointing out that, yeah, this this is for Trump and whatever. They just did it for jokes, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it was definitely the awkwardest part in Rito Fest. And speaking about awkward, the phone you guys just heard, the one with the actual handle, the vintage phone, uh, that is because we have a phone line coming up soon for you. So call us, uh, LOL. So yeah, feel free to call us. Now we have a phone, as you guys heard. <laughs> and it terrified <laughs> me. <laughs> and it's super cute and vintage. We're totally going to post about that. Um, yeah, but we also have a song by Victimas del Doctor Cerebro. Um, he, uh, this band is also really, really cool. Um, so the song that we're going to hear is called El Esqueleto. So enjoy, guys, and let us know if you like this song. And obviously, get up from your seats and dance. So Because this is a song to definitely dance to. And remember that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Cali, in Little Village. So that was El Esqueleto by Víctimas del Doctor Cerebro. I really, really like that song. Porque un esqueleto is a skull. So he's talking about these bones kind of rattling back and forth, which I think is kind of cool. Um, I definitely feel that way when I dance. Um, some of the things that I feel like I'm really awkward dancing, I love to do it, but I'm not necessarily good at it. I do feel kind of like my bones or my joints hurting after a while. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, their band, um, they kind of remind me of like, uh, their performance, not their music, but like their, the performance, like, cause they actually dress up, you know? Um, I feel like the girl, she dresses up like a zombie, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, the main singer, he, uh, dresses up as different characters yeah. as well. And, um, well, I've never, like, this was actually, I, uh, again, like, my first time seeing them. But it was nice to see them. Um, there was a like, pretty big mosh pit. Um, I don't know if you guys were there. but um, Oh, God, I avoid mosh pits. <laughs> I wanted to get in. I really wanted to, but it was so packed. And, like, you couldn't pass through the people. But um, uh, they really hyped up the crowd for the, the next artist. I believe the other artist was, um, after Victimas, it was Titan, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, like, their performance was really good. Their music is amazing. Um, uh, let, just let alone, like, how they perform and try to keep the crowd going for, like, the rest of the night. It's, it's really amazing. 
Yeah, I definitely think it's one of the songs that was really, really upbeat. And I feel like you can't, like, sit down and not dance to that. Yeah. Um, You want to bet? I cannot dance. I dance (laughs) like a dad, so I am not (laughs) dancing. But it it really was upbeat, and it's it's a nice music. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think it's interesting how, like, there's bands that include their music, and they kind of, um, in a way, perform their music so i think there's like a difference between like people just singing and just showing their song and their music but there's like these artists that mix this aesthetic within their performance which is cool like we had a lot of examples in real fest silverio one of like the more controversial (laughs) ones but we're gonna talk about him later but aside from these like cool um maybe different performances there's also performers that maybe perhaps uh take more of a stance on political things that happen for example uh desorden publico so desorden publico um we were able to interview them and we spoke a little bit about venezuela now as you guys might know venezuela right now is under crisis they've protested for i believe well like more than 100 days now and the protests are because of their ruler. So this ruler is um, Nicolás Maduro. Uh, there's a lot of controversy. Some people don't support him, and so they're protesting naturally. But there is a economic, uh, a lot of uh, people that do not have access to medicines that they need, or even the basic uh, food every single day. Kids are not going to school because they need to stand on food lines. So it's something really, really tragic that is happening in that country. A lot of the times we talk about things that are happening in other parts of the world and we forget to mention what's happening in Latin America, which is so close to us. Um, So them being from Venezuela, they did comment on what's going on. And something that else that is interesting is the fact that in Venezuela protests, they use music in their protest so that's interesting so you guys can feel free uh to stick around and hear this interview with desorden publico along with desorden publico la tierra um which is a song of theirs so feel free to listen Porque tiene lo agrio, lo ácido, lo dulce y porque se queda por mucho tiempo en el paladar. Ahora, estas son preguntas un poquito más serias. Um, ¿Cómo cree que Estados Unidos debería de intervenir en la situación que está ocurriendo en Venezuela? Pues, no solamente Estados Unidos, creo que toda la comunidad internacional debe... Eh, pronunciarse de una manera más contundente porque más allá de las diferencias entre los bandos hay vidas que se están perdiendo y eso es un asunto extremadamente delicado, extremadamente delicado y corremos el riesgo de que esta situación empeore y entremos al, al infierno de una guerra civil. Estamos muy cerca de que eso ocurra. Entonces, por eso creo que tanto los gobiernos como las ONG, como las eh, organizaciones de derechos humanos, como los, los, los grandes centros religiosos del mundo, los artistas y todas las personas que tengan liderazgo en el mundo, ojalá se sensibilicen en torno a lo que pasa en mi país y den palabras fuertes, palabras fuertes para que se acabe la demencia. ¿Y cómo crees que tu estilo musical ha sido influenciado por, 
por la política, por lo que está ocurriendo en el mundo, no solamente en Venezuela, pero en general. Desorden es una banda que se inspira en el mundo que le rodea y muchas veces, utilizando la poesía, critica, señala, se burla un poco del mundo. Nosotros, por supuesto, que le debemos mucho, esto lo digo de una manera también sarcástica, le debemos mucho a la política por habernos inspirado tanto, por ser tan corruptos y tan malos. Nosotros hemos mantenido esa visión crítica desde que comenzó la banda, hace ya muchos años. Nuestro disco nuevo no es la excepción. Sin embargo, no es solo la política partidista la que nos influencia para escribir canciones. Hay también algunas realidades difíciles del mundo, como por ejemplo, te voy a nombrar una, el tema de la, del racismo y la, y la segregación de seres humanos. Nosotros tenemos una canción llamada El racismo es una enfermedad. Esta canción la vamos a tocar hoy acá en, en Chicago. Y finalmente, también tenemos esta crisis de refugiados. ¿Cómo crees que el arte, tal como la música, puede ayudar a unirnos como ciudadanos del mundo y no separarnos? La música difícilmente logra que los cambios se generen. Los, los grandes cambios los generan los políticos, los grandes cambios los generan los, los, los líderes que tienen mucho poder. Pero algo que tiene la música, que no tiene casi ninguna otra de las artes, es que sensibilizamos a la gente sobre determinadas temáticas. Y ahí es donde yo creo que nosotros podremos, nosotros los músicos, hablando en, en plural, en, en primera persona del gran plural que somos los músicos, podemos jugar un papel importante en, en este momento. Porque nosotros, supongamos, hoy en el escenario hacemos una, una alusión al tema del racismo, como te lo acabo de comentar, o decimos algo en contra de la violencia o algo así. Es posible que alguien de aquí se convierta en un multiplicador de ese mensaje porque se sensibilizó. Y esa persona a su vez puede lograr que comience una cadena al infinito de buena vibra, de respeto al ser humano y de, la, y de convivencia por un mundo mejor. Entonces, bueno, creo que ese puede ser nuestro aporte. Okay. Y finalmente, nuestro programa es un programa juvenil para los jóvenes de áreas como Little Village uh, o Pilsen que están muy interesados en el arte y muchos de ellos también son indocumentados o tienen papás indocumentados. ¿Qué consejo les darías a ellos para que no se den por vencido ante la situación política y que también sigan su pasión en el arte? Adelante, adelante, adelante. Yo tengo 32 años haciendo música. Eso es un montón de años. Y saben que no estoy ni un poquito cansado. No solamente porque me encanta trabajar en los escenarios, sino porque además se me siguen ocurriendo canciones nuevas. Eso es porque yo amo con toda mi vida el arte. El arte, eh, la, la disciplina artística que yo elegí fue la, la, la música y de algún modo los performing arts porque yo voy a, a los escenarios. Yo estoy seguro que si ustedes desde esta joven edad sienten eh, un, un magnetismo por la música o por la plástica o por el teatro o por lo que quieran, estoy seguro que ese, ese amor se puede convertir en un, en un estilo de vida, pues se puede convertir en un trabajo que les proporcione eh, dinero para mantenerse y también se puede convertir en inspiración para toda la comunidad. No importa los problemas que estén pasando, siempre habrá problemas. Ustedes, jóvenes artistas, sientan ese amor y disfrútenlo y regálenselo al mundo. Muchísimas gracias, gracias por darnos un
Hey guys, and we are back for what's uh, at What's Up Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y in Yolokali Little Village. So, guys, that was a sort of público, and something that they mentioned in um, their interview is how people should get involved in this. Not only the United States, they specified, but even organizations that deal with human rights. I don't know if you guys know Yahaira uh, or Jerry, but the majority of people that are losing their lives in these protests are very young people, like college students, high school students that are out there trying to make a change or try to change the government in their country. And unfortunately, they're losing their lives, which is so unfair because protests should be accessible to everyone and you shouldn't have to risk your life. Yeah, I feel like uh, even in for protests, it should be... Uh like a safe ground and uh there should be a, like rules implemented where um i mean they're just protesting they have the freedom of speech they could say whatever they want and they could protest whatever they want and if they want something to be protected against them or something to be uh, done uh to prevent something bad from happening like gun laws or like even protests or like rallies it should be like a safe haven for people that just want their voice to be heard you know and there's many bands that um actually perform and they dedicate their performances to um uh like certain causes or um like for political reasons like as we mentioned again uh before my bad but um there uh i believe last year uh Panteon and Maldita they dedicate uh no Maldita Ventisat they dedicated their performance to the to they call them their brothers um they were calling uh, uh the animals that we eat like the, the cows and all those they were calling them brothers and that we should uh cherish them and whenever uh we eat uh meat um we should be thankful that they give us like food in our bellies and all that yeah definitely so guys we are going to be back in just a second and we're going to be back with uh some of the i guess the bands whose performance was a little bit more spoken about uh, for different reasons whether it be because of social commentary or maybe because of lack of clothing so we'll be back and remember that you are listening to <laughs> wlpn lp chicago 105.5 fm lumpen radio si ustedes pudieran describir esta fusión musical que ustedes tienen como un platillo mexicano, ¿qué platillo mexicano fuera? Definitivamente mole, pero mole coloradito, el de Oaxaca. Creo que tiene, el, el mole tiene como ese, esa seriedad de que es un platillo complejo y gourmet, al mismo tiempo que tiene ese picor y ese dulce que es medio juguetón y medio agresivo. ¿no? ¿Cómo hacen para tener este balance entre dos identidades, dos estilos? Pues es que es música al final, o sea, si la sabes... Mezclar, batir bien, pues queda... Buena consistencia. Si hicieras unos pancakes y en vez de ponerle miel, le pones mole. Creo que la gente es valiosa por lo que es y no por dónde vienen y dónde está, ¿no? Entonces, si no me creen que soy tal, pues no hay pedo, güey. Yo vengo a demostrar lo que yo sé hacer y lo que yo traigo en el morral, ¿no? Entonces, si no me creen que soy mexicano, si no me creen que soy gringo o marciano, me vale, como decía Manuchado, no vengo a ver si puedo, sino porque puedo, güey. ¿Ustedes se consideran feministas? Sí, nos consideramos feministas. 
de hoy en adelante las mujeres nos tienen que abrir la puerta, invitar la cena y pagar todas las cuentas de la casa. ¿Ustedes qué le dirían a un muchacho que le está diciendo piropos por decir a las muchachas en la calle? Pues que tienen que ser con respeto, porque las mujeres son bonitas y, digo, a final de cuentas no dejan de ser mujeres y se lo merecen de esa manera. Sí, vinieron los extraterrestres, los secuestraran y una vez que están secuestrados le pregu les preguntan a ustedes ¿Quiénes son los humanos? ¿Ustedes cómo describirían a los humanos a los extraterrestres? Experimento fallido de, de alguien yo, yo diría las últimas palabras, los humanos serían como una raza tan apasionada como peligrosa y violenta Entonces habría que tener cuidado Guys, that was band of... B... Uh, awkward, sorry FCC uh, So... Um, this is a cool band. I think that uh, they were one of the also whose name, and you can look it up, hint, is Band of the Bee. Um, yeah, uh, their name is controversial, and they speak about different issues, but I guess from a different perspective or a more of a satirical one. Yeah. And along with, like, those performers is Silverio, which I feel can also be, like, the mascot for Ruido Fest. He's there every single year. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't see him perform this year, but I did see him perform last year. But his shows are always crazy, and good thing this year they had a safety net for him now. Yeah, and you might be wondering, why do they need a safety net? Well, <laughs> he tends to be very uh, um, aggressive, or he uses language yeah. uh, that is very derogatory towards their audience, specifically towards the audience, not towards a certain yeah. person in specific. But I, but I feel like he does it as a, like a, as a performance, you know? Yeah, it's a performance, and he always takes off his clothing, but <laughs> typically leaves on a piece of clothing, right? Like a yeah. certain article. But this year, though... He went all out. He was like all out. He was like, no, I don't want anything to cover me. I have a safety net <laughs> now, so I'm good. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but I was searching it up on YouTube because I did not hear about this. And I, I just, <laughs> I think he needs to put back his clothes. No, yeah, definitely. But I think it's interesting because he was there with Titan as well, which is this oh, yeah. trio. And when he was with Titan, um, not necessarily in the performance, but like in the press tent, he was dressed normally. There was nothing like super, like aesthetically, I guess, different from his yeah. look. But once he like began performing as Silverio, his outfit, everything completely changed. It's like a different person. Yeah, like it's like he got in the zone and it's completely different. Um, yeah. I Would you like to add something about your thoughts on Silverio, Yahaira? <laughs> just the fact that please keep your clothes on <laughs> I feel like many artists nowadays they have like dual identities like Silverio has two he has one with Titan where he's like more formal casual and then as Silverio he's like a whole different person he's like a crazy person but there's like many artists nowadays that they're doing that now they have a they try to create this dual identity or this other identity so like um, I know Dead Mouse. he always wears a mask and it's different There's also like marshmallow and then some other ones. Yeah, um, for sure. And speaking about like this dual identity, um, there Alejandro Markovic was also there, and his album is called Alebrije, uh, which Alegri Alebrije is a hybrid animal, right? And he talks about this inspiration getting from all these different identities that he has: his Argentinian identity, his Mexican identity, etc. Um, so that was someone that was really, really interesting to see and to interview. Because he was really he, tall. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> he was definitely super tall, but a super wise, knowledgeable man. He's been uh, playing music for a really long time. Yeah, would you like to add something, Yahaira? 
Wasn't he one of the first guitars for Caifanes, if I'm correct? Yeah, he was. He was a guitarist yeah. for Caifanes for a l really long time. And he talks a lot about inspiration that he gets from uh, different cultural institutions, whether it be museums or any other institution. So that's really awesome. So Wait, didn't you invite him to the museum? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I did invite him to our partner, or to our parent organization, which is the National Museum of Mexican Art. And he was totally like excited to go and i mentioned it because his necklace was made out of chaquira beads which is some beads that the huicholes use and he was totally interesting uh interested in seeing our mural um so he's a person that is really into art at in all like stages so let's listen a little bit more about him Uh, una voz en los medios de comunicaciones y le tengo unas preguntas uh, muy rápidas la primera es sobre su nuevo sencillo Alebrije Alebrije eh, surge de Pedro Linares en Oaxaca y es este concepto que surge de un sueño verdad un sueño de, de la muerte y del de revivimiento entonces qué lo inspiró a escoger ese nombre para su nuevo sencillo bueno sí la la historia o el, o el mito acerca del surgimiento de los, de los alebrijes eh, viene de ahí como lo mencionas tú y hoy en día existen cientos de alebrijistas ¿no? que se ha convertido en una artesanía mexicana muy linda de todos los tamaños, hay desde chiquitos hasta mon monumentales eh, la idea fue representar de una manera escultural mi, mi forma de ser como músico porque yo tengo raíces muy diversas y acabo siendo esto tuviste la portada este pues yo soy este alebrije ¿no? aquí estoy yo con cola de, de diablo este patas como de, de águila y un cuerpo con unas espinas acá, alas de libélula, dragonfly, tocando una guitarra que está hecha de agua y fuego, ¿no? entonces la idea fue hacer una representación gráfica de, de un concepto que, que yo como músico soy una serie de influencias muy, muy diversas pero que pueden formar un solo ser, que soy yo, entonces va mucho más allá de ahí, ¿no? porque en el disco hay canciones que tienen raíces de cumbia, de bolero, de cha cha cha, de folclore, mexicano, de mambo, de, de punk, de pop, de lo que tú quieras, de reggaetón. Tal como usted que tiene raíces de diferentes culturas, aquí en Estados Unidos existen muchos muchachos que se identifican como mexicano, chicano, mexicoamericano, etc. Y que muchas veces se sienten atacados ya sea por el color de su piel o por su lenguaje. Claro. ¿Qué consejo le daría a usted a esa juventud para que no tome esas diferencias a mal? Claro, pues mira, es difícil dar consejos, pero yo puedo hablar de mi caso. Yo nací en Argentina. Me considero argentino de nacimiento, a los 15 años emigré a México y llevo 41 años viviendo en México. Ahora, mi familia, mis papás, 
nacieron en Argentina. Mis abuelos venían, son migrantes, eran migrantes que llegaron a Argentina de Europa del Este, escapando de una persecución racial de, de Rusia. Entonces, si tú, si tú dices, ah, pues a mí no me importa, pues no me importa, pero si analizas, dices, bueno, ¿y yo por qué estoy en México? Hay toda una historia atrás, ¿no? De migración por motivos políticos, por motivos raciales, ¿no? Entonces, o sea, no solamente por ser moreno te van a perseguir. Mi familia, pues, más que nada somos todos más o menos blancos, pero somos de origen judío. Y en Europa del Este vivían muchos judíos y, el, y había un zar ruso que odiaba a los judíos y los persiguió hasta matarlos. Y mi familia, a mis antepasados pudieron escapar. Y por eso estoy vivo. ¿Okay? Entonces, de alguna manera eso no es tanto un consejo, sino un mensaje. Que tú tienes que saber... Si naciste en un lugar, pues tienes derecho a ser de ese lugar, pero también saber de dónde eran tus padres y de dónde eran tus abuelos y cuáles eran sus culturas y, y apropiarte de todo, porque finalmente no solamente eres de un lugar, también tienes piel, ¿no? tienes raza, tienes lenguaje, tienes sentido de pertenencia al lugar donde creciste, no muchas cosas. Eso es más que un consejo es un mensaje, ¿no? Creo yo. Muchísimas gracias por tu tiempo, uh, te admiro muchísimo y tu música. Um, ¿Y algún otro consejo que quieras darle, un mensaje que quieras dar a la juventud sobre cualquier cosa? Pues los que se dediquen al arte, por ejemplo en mi caso, quieran ser músicos, aparte de que hay que estudiar muchísimo, les, les aconsejo, ahí sí es consejo, que que, se, que vayan a museos, que vean obras arquitectónicas, esculturas, iglesias, que aprecien todas las formas de arte, porque todo eso se va a impregnar en su, en su música o en lo que sea que hagan, o si son pintores, que escuchen música, ¿no? Así, porque todas las formas de arte se complementan y te, y te alimentan. Muchísimas gracias. Okay guys, that was Alejandro Markovic and his last advice was to really, if you want to pursue art, to really continue and really study a lot and study other platforms of art, maybe the arts. If you do visual, study music. If you do music, study visual art. Now, aside from Alejandro Markovic, another band uh, that made headlines was Intocable. Yeah, um, as I mentioned before, I've never seen them live. This is my first time, but they were really good. Um, in the press tent, um, uh, I was there for the press conference. Um, one thing that they kept asking them this is like how does it feel to being a band of like norteñas uh closing Rido fest and for the first time having a norteña band in Rido fest and the way that intocable responded was pretty well um like structured how they said um even though we are they are like a norteña band and um usually Rido fest is like uh like rock or punk rock or like even ska but um intocable said that um uh, majority of the listeners or the people that attend Rilo Fest, they've listened to Intocable before because of their parents or even sometimes even parents go to the Rilo Fest because it's one of the few I think it's the only Latin alternative music festival that suits for uh, the Latin community and knowing Intocable, they're really well known in the Latin and Mexican community 
So it's really it's really nice to see uh, parents uh, and actually like their children coming out to this festival and singing Picable, knowing that their parents grew up with their music and showing it to their children. Yeah, also I think what is interesting about Intocable is that Intocable is a Norteña band and something that oftentimes categorizes these bands is that in their videos they include a lot of women and sometimes, um, not necessarily Intocable, but in the genre, there's it's very popular to see women being exposed in different manners. But Intocable did show a song that t- spoke about women, but in a different light that I had never seen other Norteño or Regional Mexicano bands do. They were speaking about the feminicide that occurs in Juarez and, well, throughout the world in general. And they played the song que se llama Día 730. So we are going to go ahead and play that song. I think it was one of the songs that was very emotive and a lot of people were kind of um, uh, got really into it when it when it started. So enjoy Dia 7.30 by Intocable. Soy mamá de Fabiola Janet Valenzuela Banda, desaparecida el 23 de agosto del 2010, con seis años de desaparecida. Mamá de Luz Angélica Mena, desaparecida el 4 de agosto del 2008, a ocho años de su desaparición. Mamá de Mónica Liliana Delgado Castillo, desaparecida el 18 de octubre del 2010, a seis años de su desaparición. Mamá de Nancyvet Navarro Muñoz, desaparecida el 13 de julio del 2011, cinco años de desaparecida. Mamá de Grisel Paola Ventura Rosas, ella desapareció el 22 de junio del 2011. Soy mamá de Yanira Gutiérrez Ramírez. Ella desapareció el 14 de agosto del 2015. Mamá de Idalí Cuache Laguna, desaparecida el 23 de febrero del 2010. Mamá de Janet Paola Soto Betancur, desaparecida el 23 de mayo del 2011, a cinco años de su desaparición.
All right, guys. And that was Intocable. So that was one of the songs that spoke about, like, women disappearing in Mexico, which was really, really sad. But I think it was really necessary. So remember that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali, in Little Village. So we're almost coming to the end. What are our final thoughts on uh, Frida Fest? I enjoyed it. Um, I was there last year. Uh, last year was pretty fun. Um, well, this is like not kind of like part of Rio Fest, but like this time the press conference was a little bit more organized <laughs> and more friendly. Last year was kind of hectic, but fun still. This one was pretty fun. And I like the different take on it, how uh, they finished with the Cable. And they were pretty, they did a good performance. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, Haida? Um... Because last year I was out more outside rather than the press scent. I was a little sad that I wasn't able to explore a little more. And I wasn't there on Sunday. And I wish I was because uh, the Cali is just like such a nostalgic band. And I I really love them because they just remind me of my parents. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love Rido Fest. Uh, Intocable was one of my favorites. Uh, but among one of my favorites was Busca Buya. Uh, she is a very strong woman from Puerto Rico. So mm. we are going to we're gonna go ahead and leave you guys with this clip from her interview. So I hope you guys enjoy and stay tuned for what's up next Saturday. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Pues súper emocionados, no habíamos tocado en Chicago, así que es nuestra primera vez, así que estamos muy agradecidos de estar aquí. ¿Cómo se sienten o cómo han sentido la vibra de la gente? Eh, pues fíjate, es una vibra bien interesante. Eh, nosotros hemos ido ya a tocar a Los Ángeles, a Nueva York, a Filadelfia, pero hay algo particular de Chicago, es como que se siente como una ciudad, pero la gente se siente todavía cálida o algo así, es como... En particular, a mí me gustó mucho, me gustó. ayer tocamos en, en el Cobra Lounge y hubo un montón de gente allá y hoy tocamos aquí en el, en el Ruido Fest, en la Tarima Azul y la recepción hasta ahora es súper positiva, bien linda la gente, me gustó mucho. ¿En qué se inspiran para hacer canciones? Pues nosotros nos inspiramos mucho en, en Puerto Rico, nosotros vivimos en Nueva York, ya llevamos 10 años fuera, yo... Luis Fresiete. Y creo que mucho de nuestra inspiración viene de esa relación entre vivir en otro lugar y estar siempre recordando como que el lugar donde venimos. Y ahí siempre hay una tensión, hay influencias de dos partes y, y es un poco pues no, la vida que nosotros vivimos un poco. Tenemos una hija y la criamos y todas las cosas que influencian estar entre los dos lugares. ¿Qué mensaje le puedes dar a todos los latinos ahora que están como un poco temiendo la nueva administración? En realidad yo siento que en, en, todo el secreto en realidad es, es trabajar en, en, en su comunidad, en su familia, en nuestra comunidad, en nuestra familia, en lo más cercano que tienes a ti, haz eso lo mejor que se pueda hacer y de eso, eso como que expande desde ahí. Yo creo que lo, lo más, como George Harrison siempre decía a John Lennon, tú no puedes cambiar el mundo, tú puedes cambiar solamente a ti y yo creo que eso es algo muy válido y todavía vigente hoy. También pienso que la colaboración es bien importante y no solamente entre, qué sé yo, puertorriqueños, mexicanos, sino todos, todos juntos. Hay que colaborar en más proyectos, en iniciativas. Creo que a través de ese espíritu de trabajar en conjunto eh, vamos a poder solidificarnos como que en este país y, y hacer que sea mejor y que tengamos mejores oportunidades. ¿Qué proyectos nuevos tienen en mente? Pues estamos a punto de empezar a trabajar en un disco, nos queremos ir un tiempo a Puerto Rico para poder grabarlo, estamos trabajando bien duro para que eso se logre 
y nada, terminar de tocar un poco del el último trabajo que hicimos en el EP que sacamos en enero, seguirlo presentando en vivo y luego esperemos que a finales del año empezar a trabajar el disco para que a ver si sale el año que viene. ¿Y qué les diferencia a ustedes de otras bandas? Arriba del escenario. Uh, arriba del escenario. Pues no sé, creo que tenemos una buena mezcla entre algo que es elegante y a la misma vez también un poco como eh, kishi, como decimos nosotros, borico así de nuestra cultura popular. Creo que traemos el sabor caribeño y a la misma vez sabor de Nueva York a la tarima y, y también este sabor femenino también, que es súper importante. ¿Y si fueran una, un platillo puertorriqueño, cuál serían y por qué? Yo sería el, el bistén cebollado, por, en realidad porque tiene la, la perfecta mezcla del olor a cebolla y, y mucho carbohidrato. Yo sería, nosotros tenemos una cosa que se llama mofongo. Yo sería un mofongo relleno de pollo guisado y rajitas de aguacata por el lado. ¿Por qué? Porque es la cosa más deliciosa que has podido probar, te lo puedo asegurar. De cualquier, de importa el país que sea, vas a morir cuando pruebes este plato. Hola, es Raquel. Y Luis. De Buscaboya y estás escuchando el WhatsApp. from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing <gasps> production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up? Again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpin Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolo Cali. 
on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at yolokaliartsreach.org for more. We are the robots.